So good evening all to the 79th session of the weekly huddle. After two weeks break, we are starting again with uh, uh, what I can uh, take the privilege to label it as uh, season three of the weekly huddle. You all know me, I'm your host Anup and joining me today is my friend, friend and co-host uh, Praneet. We are cardiologists working at uh, Care Hospital. Most of you are aware of the Huddle platform. It's an unscripted audience level interaction where we address common clinical scenarios that we encounter in our daily clinical practice. We try to keep the discussion as uh, practice oriented and keep it as interactive as possible. There's no speaker in this uh, meeting, which means that if any one of you have got any thoughts, you can uh, raise your hand or unmute yourself. As a courtesy, you uh, wait for the other person to finish their thought before you unmute yourself. Or if you just raise your hand, I'll give you a chance to speak. I'll quickly go over today's uh, discussion. And then I typically start with uh, my colleague Praneet to give his opinion, but because uh, uh, Dr. Pawan will have to leave, I will ask uh, Dr. Pawan his opinion first, and then uh, we will continue our discussion. And I really hope uh, Dr. Pawan's CME gets delayed by half an hour so that he can stay with us till 8 p.m. So this is a 39-year-old male. You can just take me as an example. Uh, he's a cardiologist. He had uh, COVID, uh, I believe, uh, eight, nine months back, which was uh, very mild. Uh, being a healthcare worker, he was uh, vaccinated with uh, Covishield vaccine, that is AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine. Very early on in the vaccination campaign, that would be uh, January and February of 2021, and he completed his two doses of vaccination one month apart, which was the recommendation at that time. Now with this emerging Omicron strain and uh, increasing uh, cases uh, worldwide where a weekly trend would suggest there is about five to 7% increase in COVID uh, cases worldwide. Uh, many of us are concerned, including this index cardiologist uh, that we are talking about. And uh, there has been emerging evidence of uh, waning immunity with this vaccination. And uh, for the discussion's sake, we will call the first two doses as the primary vaccination. So uh, there are few countries which are considering and few which have already started recommending booster dosing after the primary vaccination. So this index cardiologist that we are talking about is equally concerned about it and he's inquiring whether he should be getting booster dosing knowing that his last, uh, his primary vaccination was about eight, nine months ago. So today we are going to discuss booster dose for COVID vaccine, uh, understanding that uh, the experts in India have not yet reached a conclusion whether we should be rolling out uh, booster vaccination for the general public or not. So the question here is this index person, should he go for booster shot knowing his clinical status? If yes, which vaccine, understanding that he got a COVID shield and the vaccines which are available in India are COVID shield, Covaxin and Sputnik V or five, what are the role of circulating antibody levels? Which uh, is there a role for testing those and then deciding whether a person should go for a booster dosing or not? And uh, if time permits, we'll talk about a general opinion of the house regarding Omicron variant, understanding that there had been a lot of hue and cry about uh, this particular variant. Uh, uh, at least in few countries, it had been uh, showing an uptrend. 
So with this, I will open the discussion. And uh, Dr. Pawan, if you don't mind sharing your opinion first, and then we'll go to Praneet. And after that, we'll take it up to the rest of the attendees. Uh, thank you, Anup, and thank you, Praneet. Uh, I believe I am audible. Yes, sir, you are audible. Absolutely. So you have asked a lot of questions. Uh, I think which one will we start? Role start, of booster? Yes, we start with this booster first. Do you Would you recommend this cardiologist to go for a booster dose? See, the question at uh, this point is very, in a sense, uh, there is no clear-cut answer to that. Now, the question of whether really vaccines, immunity wanes off, because you're only looking at the humoral immunity, we're not looking at the cellular immunity. We have had few doctors and few people with uh, enough influence to get their T-cell, um, you know, exactly for the spike protein. They have tested in Bangalore, a few of them. Their cellular immunity seems to be good, despite the fact that the humoral antibody levels have come down. So in that sense, uh, really, does the vaccine only work for a year or less than a year? We are not too sure. Yes, the question will come when you're talking about a spike protein given as antigen in the vaccine, such as a Covishield or Moderna or Pfizer. Now, if there is a mutation to that spike proteins which have been used as an antigen in the vaccine, then would you need a booster when there is a mutation such as in Omicron? The problem with Omicron is that there are 32 mutations in the spike protein itself. So, majorly what we are thinking is the spike protein that we are giving as an antigen, the mRNA that encodes for the spike protein in the Pfizer and Moderna, or the spike protein that is given in the vaccine such as Covishield or, you know, internationally it is the Oxford Chadox vaccine. In all of these, the problem is that, in all of this, the problem is that uh, this vaccine, um, whether it will work against the Omicron variant is the question at this point. Now, if the question is that this vaccine itself will not work, then would a booster actually help? Ideally, a booster vaccine should contain different antigens from different epitopes of the spike protein and whatever other nucleic acid proteins such as the nucleocapsid antigen, the orb antigen and other. And they should bring up one which covers all different variants. There should be a new vaccine that is generated such as you see in influenza. Like in influenza, there is always a drift and shift that happens. So every year what we see is a different uh, vaccine comes out based on the prevalent uh, strains that are in the, in the circulation. So ideally, if you need a booster, that should, booster should be newly developed, not the same vaccine that you are taking. But uh, since that new uh, variant conglomerate vaccine is not available, the question comes is which one to take. Now, theoretically, because you're talking about spike protein and its mutation and whether Omicron will work or not, theoretically, when we go theoretically, Covaxin, which contains the whole of the virus itself, is presented as an antigen. And so even if there are a lot of mutations in the spike protein, the other genes will be detected by the body because you have taken a Covaxin. So Covaxin can be ideally be taken as a booster. So that is one issue. The other problem that we see, you see most of the times, the biggest problem is anecdotal evidence that we have at this point of time. What we have seen is, though we have seen, we have taken all COVID shields and some of the population has taken Covaxin, 
those who have got admitted into hyderabad's hospitals we are not talking about india level or we are not talking about others in hyderabad in the hospitals we have seen is of those patients who have received the vaccine two doses and have got admitted if you split a ratio we have seen 80% of those with covaxin and 20% who have received covishield so that is a concern but i think there will always be when you are talking about in hospital admission we are only taking at a small number of uh, patients who have got admitted so we cannot generalize it to the general population so in that sense i think if you are taking if you are thinking or taking a booster maybe covaxin is beneficial taking omicron into consideration Pawan sir, thank you so much. A uh, few questions that I have for you, and then we will continue our discussion. So, as far as this T cell immunity is concerned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When they do the analysis at the lab, at the research lab, not on not on a commercial level, there is a way to check for T cell immunity as well, right? They do something called a spot forming cells per something, blah blah blah. I think that most of the studies they report something like that, right? yeah they they check the vaccine specific t cells the spike protein that you see in given covid shield they look at t cells that encode for this particular spike protein now that is what they claim uh, there is one or two labs in bangalore that they are doing and they give you a scatter diagram uh, they give you some sort of uh, you know uh, they use a lot of genetic things so they use a lot of these uh, markers for those t cells and then like it's like a histochemistry that you immunohistochemistry you get a 3d4 cells this many t cells this many on the oncological perspective similar kind uh, they give you some sort of uh, a spectrophotometric assay through which they'll give you what are these which are coding for those spike protein genre per se so that is something that uh, we have seen and yes it shows your activity levels at certain point so we are not too sure you know but this is what it is it is something that you can test and then you can be pacified that yes you have the t cell the reason why i asked is because uh, the whole idea that you mentioned that at this point we don't know whether the vaccine effect wanes off or not uh, whether there has been testing not about the antibody level but about uh, the t cell level i'm sure that uh, systematically people have analyzed that what happens to these t cell forming units or whatever it's called after 6 months or after 9 months to see if t cells are also active antibody levels we all understand you just give a sample it gives you an elisa based antibody level but uh, whether a systematic study of these t cell ha- also has been done or not uh, to document that the immunity wanes off do you know of any such uh, analysis or anything they were they were doing it but uh, despite that you know some it again varies with individual to individual probably depends on superadded viral infections and non specific release of these uh, tumoral i mean in the cellular immunity levels so for example you have any virus the body doesn't just release uh, antibodies or try to stimulate the, the you know the thymus and the other glands they they kind of release every other antibody in that sense uh, but it won't be as many as that targeting of that particular virus so in that sense you will be having some amount of release of these other uh, Uh, T cells, which will have some memory to this. So I think uh, that way there might be some because those studies that were done were early done in the initial three months or four months and six months up to six months. 
now i don't remember much i don't have not seen again about what about long term 12 months 2 years i have not seen and then the last question you mentioned about covaxin it being a, a whole virus genome so you certainly have got more touch points but isn't it true that covaxin was the weakest was the weakest immunogenic vaccine in the entire cohort that it was generating the weakest immune response and using it as multiple shots may not necessarily lead to a greater boost in immunity wasn't there a thought something like that uh that's what the was the issue because what happened was see, until late we didn't have the phase 3 result coming out the phase 3 came out very late for and that is where the who has been asking them to do further studies basically because by this time there are so many vaccines into circulation uh so they said uh, you do it on a bigger scale and then let us know so that's the reason why there was a delay in uh, who giving approvals to covaxin but uh, See, if uh, live virus was just simply attenuated and you can get a vaccine and good antigenicity, we wouldn't have gone to uh, mRNA and other things. Definitely, the live virus, uh, though it is simpler to make, the biggest problem is that we don't know what will, uh, what is the long-term effects of a long-term virus that directly gives them. So, in that sense, uh, everybody wanted to encode only to one particular protein on the spike protein and then did mRNA so that you can scale up on a larger thing. Uh, Covaxin per se, uh, it is less immunogenic. That is why uh, the problem is that uh, we have seen, that is probably why we have seen more cases uh, that have gone admitted to hospital after taking Covaxin than Covishield. But then, like I said, it's anecdotal. We cannot uh, generalize it to the whole population of India who have not been admitted. It may be preventing uh, many infections, but we don't know. But what we are seeing in the hospitals in Hyderabad, those who have got admitted despite taking two vaccines, two doses of vaccine, we have seen covaxin becomes a major uh, number in such admissions and then the last question this is very personal to you uh, at your personal professional level are you recommending booster dosing to certain people uh, walk us through what is your current stand are you recommending yes no if you are recommending what kind of patient subset and which vaccine yeah tough one uh, ideally uh, nasal vaccine would be the best but since it is not available now uh, of those that are available in india if you look at it uh, still definitely those at risk population uh, those who will carry the infection a lot will be the kids at, who are going now to school schools have opened so there the, because we are to understand that omicron has got six times more transmissibility than in that house get it so if let's say omicron is as really as uh, contagious as they say and then you would have the whole lane uh, in the house which which one case would be there so the way that would spread then it would be huge numbers despite at this point of time there is no severe case from omicron coming in the biggest problem is number of people who are going to get uh, positive with omicron so the idea is that still you have to underline the still you have to understand that delta is not completely eradicated from india delta is there we are seeing cases a lot of cases which are we are seeing is still delta so the first primary pr- problem would be that if you are not vaccinated take the vaccination to cover for delta 
we are not worried about covering for omicron we are more worried about covering for delta because it is still the severest form of virus uh, that we have seen strain of the virus that we have seen so if somebody has not got covid before and uh, if you have taken the vaccine and if the antibody levels are not up to the mark or if says um if you've got a higher risk factors to get the covid uh, like for example a heart patient or let's say copd patient uh, they might be at a higher risk of developing a severe illness again those with hypertension those with diabetes diabetes we have seen huge number of patients uh, who have come especially those who pre diabetics who are not known to be diabetic but yet they come with severity case during covid so i think these are the patients population where they might be uh, some consideration for taking a booster again the question comes which booster if you can take if the government gives go ahead because they have got enough stocks now and there is still some vaccine hesitancy so i believe we have vaccinated up to around 60 crore people out of uh, you know we have given 100 crores 120 crores of total vaccine so we will say half of that so 60 crores have been vaccinated by official data which uh, again if you if you take out uh, under 18 category that would be like let's say india has 100 crore population we have we have given 70% so that should be something like you know herd immunity numbers that we might have reached already so in that sense yeah uh, those with high risk of comorbids those who have not got uh, the infection because i still believe those who have got the covid you know severe enough uh, that they they sat at home because of the infection or got admitted to the hospital they have not got the second time infection so i believe that even if one time infection is protective at this point of time so if uh, those who have not got the infection as a natural form maybe they should get a booster thank you dr pawan and uh, pranit you did put in a few questions which uh, i will address to later on and truly speaking the topic that we are discussing there are a lot of unknowns so we'll just be looking for a lot of opinions i'll just give you a background and then pranit i'll uh, take you for your opinion so the background is the vaccines they are currently available they all have procured the original material that they used for the vaccine be it spike protein be it gene be it whole virus what not from the wild type virus that is the original wuhan strain after that to my knowledge none of the vaccine have uh, updated their strain including the delta strain none of none of the existing vaccine has got a new updated strain uh, ideally we would want like what uh, dr pawan said that we would want uh, like influenza vaccine where we would want uh, the vaccine to be updated with a newer strains that is not happening there are a lot of companies which are currently including uh, delta and or omicron variants into that uh those vaccines uh, in all realistic scenario probably won't be available in about 4 to 5 months to the world and to india we don't know when they will be available so we are left with whatever we have got and the question of booster versus not will have to be answered based upon what is available to us that is scenario number 1 scenario number 2 is countries like uk and us they are uh going for boosters i will give you a scenario of uk because that is most closely uh, related to us uh, in uk even if you have taken two covid shield you would qualify for a booster dose 
uh, and uh, the booster can be given in the form of Pfizer mRNA virus or uh, mRNA vaccine or uh, uh, Covishield itself. So Covishield or the AstraZeneca as the third dose of a booster that also is uh, possible there. Of course, they have tested with multiple other vaccines as well. So in India, if you have taken two Covishield and uh, if you wish to take a third Covishield, that, that would in a way be uh, following what the NHS guidelines are. That is the closest that India can mimic right now. Covaxin, of course, there is uh, no uh, guideline across the world that we can follow. And in India, as I said, we don't have a statement, uh, an, an official uh, government statement regarding booster right now. So uh, Praneet, you heard some of this background. You heard what Dr. Dr. Pawan said. What is your overall impression about the booster dose? Uh, is it something you would recommend to your cardiology colleague? Is it something that you would consider taking? What is your take on it? Yeah, as uh, you said, a lot of unknowns uh, here, uh, Anup, even a um, uh, lot of the points that you raised, I equally have questions in my mind. So right now for booster, I am literally blank. So uh, I don't have a strong recommendation to take or not. So equally, I've been asked by most of the patients whether we want to take it or not. So the same thing what I'm telling to my patients is that we don't have an official uh, recommendation yet. And uh, most importantly, the first scapegoats will be healthcare professionals. So we haven't got it yet officially. I haven't got it. So I can't recommend uh, you guys to take it. So uh, until we have some clarity of whether to take it or not, until that point of time, let's not panic and uh, wait and watch. So a lot of questions and I'm here to uh, know about uh, booster doses. Okay, thank you, Praneet. Uh, anybody else who is uh, uh, who has got any thoughts to share? Maybe I'll ask uh, Shankar sir to share his thoughts and then we will go to others. Shankar sir. Good evening to all. <laughs> the picture is coming. Yes, sir. I have turned off your video. Please go ah, ahead. Okay. Uh, good evening to all. Uh, welcome back to uh, Weekly Huddle. And, uh, I thank uh, Dr. Uh, Agarwal and uh, Dr. Praneet uh, after a two-week holiday. Uh, first of all, I congratulate uh, Dr. Anup Agarwal uh, for his... Uh, uh, excellent lecture on the transcatheter replacement in the recent annual CSI held at Hyderabad. And also I congratulate and uh, at the same time I thank my master teacher, Dr. Somaraju sir, for uh, participating in the PJ track program and also delivering VV shop oration on practice of cardiology. Uh, so coming to the subject proper, uh, here, uh, Two doses already we have taken, uh, that is Covishield, uh, uh, Chard Ox 119, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, Oxford vaccine. Uh, so uh, in the month of February only, we have taken a, a second dose. So for the past uh, uh, 10 months, uh, uh, if you look at... Uh, the pattern uh, in the experimental data that uh, the potentiality of the the vaccine will 
lose day by day and it will be attenuated and there will be waning efficacy also of the same vaccine and uh, so now new variants have also come so definitely we need booster dose of covid-19 vaccine so already fda, FDA and uh, cdc uh, center for disease control and the food and drug administration of us they have already for adults more than 18 years of age who received a primary series of covid-19 vaccine they have advised a booster dose uh, already they are taking but here of the record i am telling i have already taken a booster dose of uh, vaccine uh, third dose uh, this is of the record because there, there are no uh, government guidelines to take a booster but booster is a must for uh, especially healthcare personnel and the frontline warriors uh, but even everybody also so and uh, when i suggest that a booster dose is a must uh, especially after 6 months after the second dose of covishield uh, or covaxin the booster can be a, from a, a different uh, um, group uh especially when we have taken a covid shield uh, covaxin uh, appears to be the better one uh, because uh, few uh, experimental data and a few anecdotal reports also they tell that the following booster dose uh, they rose to at least four fold compared to pre boost level and with a heterologous boost that is covaxin where which which is available with us uh it resulted in similar or even higher uh, antibody responses so those who have taken covishield uh, two doses i prefer uh, covaxin uh, in our india uh, if uh, otherwise if uh, pfizer or moderna vaccine is available that is uh, superior over the covaxin uh, if that is my personal opinion but recently in the same annual csi uh, Uh, Hyderabad, uh, Dr. Balram Bargo is a prime. Basically, is a cardiologist, but uh, he became a researcher and uh, he became a healthcare person, that public health personnel in the ICMR, uh, holding a, a very responsible post. Uh, he recommended even Covaxin may be more effective. He, he stressed this point even in his lecture that the, the Dr. B. C. Rai oration. that covaxin may be more effective against omicron covid variant than other vaccines uh, that is uh, his opinion regarding the icmr standpoint of view so i recommend heterologous boost preferably covaxin in india those who have taken covishield those who have taken two doses of two doses of covaxin they should go for covishield that is uh, heterologous mix and match uh and this definitely gives a boost to our immunity fourfold or more and even it will i think it will overcome even the, the variants also the alpha beta uh, delta gamma and uh, even the omicron mm, i i think that at present uh, this is my opinion regarding the booster dose thank you one and all 
Thank you so much, sir. I have shared an image on the chat box regarding the vaccine mix and match, which was shared on Twitter by Dr. Fahid Yunus. He, is, he has emerged to be one of the authorities in COVID discussion and unofficial authority, I must say. Uh, Pranit, I'm going to uh, read out two questions that you put in here, and uh, both of these are going to be unofficial answers, but uh, anybody who is an attendee here can please correct me and uh, add to the answer. The first question is, how difficult is it to take booster dose if one wants to take? Well, so from the Government of India guidelines, you have to go through COVID app to get yourself registered for the vaccination. And COVID app does not have an option for a third dose. So if you go through the COVID app, then there is no option for a third dose. I know of people who have re-registered themselves with a different phone number and whatnot uh, to fool the COVID app and say that uh, they are getting the first dose as to speak. In effect, they were getting the third dose. So I know of people doing that. Of course, that is a that is that is. Uh, not what government of india recommends whether you would consider it a fraud or not that is that is your own viewpoint but that is one way how people have got the booster dose i have also been told lately that uh, because the vaccine stocks are quite plenty that uh, it is relatively easy to get uh, a dose to you without getting registered on covin app again whether that is uh, permissible or not i don't know whether that is illegal or not, that also I don't know. But certainly, these are the ways by which you can do. A lot of my patients have got booster doses, and they have told me that uh, the, the process that they took to get the vaccine was pretty simple. They just went to a center, they asked for a dose, they got a dose. There was no registration, there was no nothing, there was no certification. Again, I don't know the legality of it, but it is available. And I think it should be easy to get. The second question is who should probably receive the booster dose? I think Dr. Pavan answered uh, partially and Dr. Shankar also mentioned it a little bit. Uh, the NHS pretty much says that if you are more than 18 and if you have any uh, high risk feature or if you are more than 40, you should get a booster dose. I had one of my patient whose uh, son is a doctor in UK. He was visiting me today in my OPD. I asked him about his experience in NHS and he said that uh, uh, in the UK, the booster is promoted pretty much to every single person who hits their door. And as I said, they are going for a mix and match approach where uh, they are preferring uh, Pfizer to those patients who have got Jensen and who have got um, Covishield before. They're actually giving Pfizer to those, those people who have got Pfizer before as well. Uh, for some reason, if Pfizer is not available, then they are giving uh, Covishield as well. The data from which they draw all this conclusion, the NHS data, that was from a trial which was very heavily quoted in the tw Twitter discussion. And that trial I have shared on the WhatsApp group, the weekly huddle group. Uh, that trial is called the Cove Boost trial. And uh, it was uh, done exclusively uh, for the NHS. And a uh, lot of what NHS is doing right now, uh, the data is derived from this particular trial. So I think it is worth uh, looking into by all the attendees. So these are some of the background that, uh, uh, that I had for this uh, uh, COVID vaccine. 
uh, is there any other person in the attendee who has got their COVID booster? If you could just share your experience, what happened and uh, what made you take the booster dose? Is there anybody other than Dr. Shankar who had taken a booster dose so far? Okay, anybody who wants to share their thoughts about booster dosing, whether they would like to wait. So the hypothetical question that is going to be is, let's say if tomorrow government of India announces that uh, we should get a booster with either a Covishield or a Covaxin, understanding that Covaxin has not been tested for booster and Covishield has been tested for booster, but in a limited population in the United Kingdom. Uh, if tomorrow in a hypothetical situation, if government of India allows booster dosing, is there somebody who would not take or somebody who would take? And if you could share your share your rationale, uh, that would be really helpful. Uh, anybody in the attendees? Uh, yeah, good evening, uh, uh, everyone. Uh, yeah, hi, Dr. I, I'm Dr. Bipin from Jharkhand last time. Uh, I'll put my public health sector experience to it. Uh, the thing is that you mentioned uh, somebody getting booster dose in the name of first dose, uh, I mean, second first dose uh, uh, taken as booster dose. So things are uh, definitely really easy that way. Uh, but the thing is acceptance when you come to rural areas, you know, especially uh, the part of the globe I am living in, part of India I am living in, that is Jharkhand and Bihar. Uh, really uptake of the vaccine in rural areas is very poor. Uh, though my district, it is around 74-75% uh, of the population, but nearby districts is somewhere around lagging around 33-34%. Uh, we have plenty of vaccines, no doubt, but the uptake, definitely, again, I'm quoting, uh, it's very low. Uh, uh, it definitely, the reason behind it is the lethality in rural areas which is taken by the people just sardi khasi bukhar hai uska liye itna havoc kiya hai but everybody knows that someone in their village had died during that pandemic i mean wave everybody realizes but when it comes to their family uh, they are not willing to take vaccine yet uh, third dose i'm not very sure people will be taking but definitely things are picking up. Our district, we are holding, we held some 13 sessions yesterday and we had a takeoff somewhere around 1,000 people taking the vaccine, uh, be it first dose or the second dose. So that's my perspective. Uh, for me, I have taken two doses so far. Uh, I'm waiting for the guideline. Dr. Bipin, your points are absolutely, absolutely critical. Uh, I remember reading about, uh, if I can recollect the name correctly, I think his name is Dr. Pai. I can't recollect his first name. I think he's from Canada. And again, I may be, uh, I may be quoting him Madhukar wrong. Pai. Pai, right? Madhukar Pai? Madhukar, Madhukar Pai. Madhukar Pai or something like that. Yeah. Is he from Canada or from US? I don't know. I he is based, uh, he is basically from Manipal Academy of Higher Science. He was educated there. He okay. got into uh, McGill University. He, uh, I, I forgot his university. He's a big consultant in tuberculosis research over there. He's a big in tuberculosis. I see. I was reading one of his uh, statements somewhere, I, and I think it, to a certain degree, reflects your sentiment. So there are two aspects of vaccination when we talk about from the population standpoint. One is 
uh, whether we should, we should be focusing on vaccinating everybody with one or two doses versus whether we should be focusing on boosting those people who are already vaccinated because while the vaccine uh, uh, while the vaccine stocks may be uh, enough there may be discrepancy or or disproportionate distribution and also the manpower uh, may not be as much as what we want uh, so I remember uh, Dr. Pai's statement somewhere. I didn't hear him say, so I may be I may be misquoted, that uh, he would take a stand and not take a booster vaccine unless there is some equity in vaccine distribution across the world. And this discussion was coming at the time when uh, the Western countries they were kind of criticized for hoarding a lot of vaccine doses, while a lot of uh, African countries. Uh, didn't have enough of uh, vaccination. That was, I believe, a few weeks back. I don't know what the current status is. And I may not be quoting uh, 100%, but that is vaguely I, re I remember. The point, the point is well taken. You know, in the rural areas, forget about booster right now, the issue is even complete coverage. The reason why I don't think going for a complete coverage, then thinking of booster is a valid concept because no matter where we live, no matter what we do, it is too idealistic for us to think that we will achieve 100% or a near 100% completion of the vaccination before we go towards booster. That I think is too unrealistic. That is not going to happen. We just have to accept whatever degree of penetration we can do with one and two doses and then go ahead with whatever we need to do. Now, I'm not advocating booster at this point, but not to talk about booster or not to give booster just because the rest of the world or rest of the population is not vaccinated even with the primary vaccination, that may not necessarily hold true uh, when, you, when you talk uh, region-wise. Of course, globally, as what Dr. Pai said, that there are countries who don't even have vaccine, and then there are countries who are hoarding millions and millions of doses. So from a, from a public health standpoint, what you said, Dr. Bipin, is absolutely spot on, and I'm with you on that. Having said that, I do think that booster dose is something that at least we should be discussing about it now, if not getting onto the band, bandwagon for sure. Uh, it, sorry, huh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yes, I'm, I agree with you. Yeah, and uh, I, I understand that if government gives a recognition to it, then it has, then it adds a little bit of genuinity into it. And I'm sure at that time, a lot of doctors or a lot of healthcare providers would jump into the booster dosing. Uh, at this point, some hesitancy is also there because we don't know what the, I wouldn't say the legalities of it, but even the ethics of it and whether we should be circumventing the established protocols to get uh, the third dose or not. I think a little bit of uh, uh, that also comes, comes into our mind. But, but we are the one who will be answering questions to our patients and friends and families. So I think it is good for us to at least know the current scenario and have a little bit of opinion of ourselves uh, that we can at least share with our, with our uh, uh, friends and our patients. Okay, um, the floor is open. Anybody else has got any thoughts to add about today's discussion? Anybody who has taken a booster dose, anybody who wouldn't take a booster dose, even if government uh, uh, announces? <coughs> Shankar, sir? Uh, when we take a booster dose from a heterologous group, uh, one word of caution is, uh, this is, uh, uh, it has come in the anecdotal reports also that local and systemic reactions like fever, fatigue, 
headache, myalgias are more reported. Uh, those who have taken uh, Etrologus uh, boost. Uh, this uh, has to be kept in uh, mind uh, when we recommend a booster dose to everybody, at least to healthcare personnel. Then, sir, uh, sir, did you take a full dose Covaxin or did you take half dose Covaxin? The same 0.5 ml. 0.5 ml. Uh, I believe that NHS says that for Pfizer, you only have to take half the dose as a booster as compared to the primary vaccination. Uh, and uh, I'm not quite sure about the COVID shield, what they were saying. If, if anybody could do this homework for me and if they could just uh, look into uh, and share it in the WhatsApp group later on about what the NHS recommends for COVID shield or AstraZeneca whether they recommend a full dose or a half dose. I remember for Pfizer, they recommend half dose uh, because they think the immune reactivity to that is as good uh, as full dose in the, uh, in the primary vaccination. Of course, for Covaxin, we don't know anything, but also for Covaxin, because of its weak immunogenicity, one may, one may think that taking full dose may be, the right, may be the right way to do. Okay, any other thoughts regarding uh, booster regarding uh, co-vaccine. So I will tell you my stand. My stand as of now is that I'm really hopeful that uh, in the next month or two, either government announces their stand or I get a chance where I can take a Pfizer or a Moderna. And the reason why I say so is not because I'm inclined towards Western world, but because there is good data that supports that the heterologous uh, vaccination where you have taken uh, Covishield or AstraZeneca first, and then you boost it with an mRNA vaccine that certainly increases your immune response quite significantly as compared to taking uh, Covishield as the third dose itself. So going with that science, I am hoping that I will get my hands on Pfizer or Moderna. I will likely wait for a month at the max if I don't get any hands on to that then I will most likely go for a Covishield booster. That is just my, uh, that is just my personal take on it. Um, anybody else has got any other thoughts? Uh, Srinivas Raju, sir, you have been awfully quiet. What, did, what is your plan? Have you taken a booster? Would you like to take a booster? What's going on? No, not. Oh, uh, sorry, sir, I muted you by mistake. Can you please unmute yourself? Sorry, I, I muted you by mistake. Okay, not yet, uh -huh. but if we do need to send someone for a booster dose, uh, are we referring our patients outside or uh, are we able to manage in our hospital itself? That's what I wanted to know. So I am not recommending booster to any of the patients. And the reason why I'm not recommending is because COVID vaccine is still hugely governed by the government of India. And I don't want to recommend something which government of India does not endorse. But many patients come to me asking that doctor, I want to take a booster dose and I want you to see if my cardiac status is okay for me to take a booster dose, just like how they used to come for the first dose or the second dose. And so I typically clear them to take a booster dose. But I personally, in my professional uh, practice right now, I'm not recommending booster dose to my patients. I really wish I could because uh, I think patients should get a booster dose, but we just don't have enough knowledge and we don't have guidance from the leadership, from the government leadership yet. 
Anybody sure else has got any yeah. other thoughts? When we, uh, sorry, uh, when we take uh, uh, mRNA vaccine, either Pfizer or Moderna, uh, just like Sputnik also uh, can be taken, the Zydus also can be taken uh, instead of uh, Covaxin in India. But uh, if we go for Pfizer or Moderna, one uh, word of precaution is here mentioned, that is a transient myocarditis is noted in a uh, few of the uh, boosted uh, dose cases. So one is to keep in mind uh, that uh, transient myocarditis with the Pfizer or Moderna. Right, Dr. Shankar, I think your point is absolutely valid. And this is basically the concern that led them to give half dose of Pfizer or Moderna as a, as a booster dose. And uh, I believe that Eric, uh, Dr. Eric Topol in his Twitter account, uh, I believe only yesterday or day before yesterday, he tweeted saying that so far there has not been a single myocarditis case reported in those patients who are taking half dose of Pfizer as, uh, as a booster. Again, uh, the quality of data is not as robust as what we typically are used to in the cardiology practice. Uh, and we take whatever we have got. Uh, but we are talking about Pfizer and Moderna, understanding that none of those vaccines is available in India right now. And I don't have uh, much knowledge about Zydus. So if somebody has got knowledge about Zydus in this field, please feel free to share it. Uh, nobody has any other thoughts. Uh, may I ask, uh, uh, let me see, Dr. Bipin, your hand is up. You want to add some uh, thoughts to this? Just curious, uh, Dr. Anoop, uh, I, I, I am wondering if a COVID pandemic has increased the cases of pancarditis or dilated cardiomyopathy. Do you have any, any experience? Because this year I've seen two to three cases of pancarditis, kind of myocarditis. They are in, still in failure. They have an ejection fraction of 25%. Uh, young chaps, 30 years, 25 years, they had a fever, got undiagnosed, got better, but they came to me in the, they, they returned back. They were a migrant laborer over there, turned, returned back with full-fledged cardiac failure, recovered. One of them is pretty well now, uh, but another one uh, who has been on treatment with diuretics and all, still his ejection fraction would be somewhere around 30%. Any idea on that? Okay, I would ask my colleagues uh, to comment on that. Personally, I myself have not seen a long-term effect, cardiac effect of uh, uh, COVID infection or COVID vaccine whatsoever. Understanding that any viral illness has a background effect, a background risk of myocarditis. But uh, there are data which suggest that once you recover from it, so acute illness, there can be severe myocarditis. Very uncommon, but there can be. But uh, people who have recovered six months later when they have done cardiac MRI, uh, majority of those patients, they did not have any uh, residual disease at that point of time. So I personally have not seen long-term dilated cardiomyopathy or long-term myocarditis with COVID. Uh, and uh, I won't be surprised if there are few cases because that can be there with any viral infection. But does COVID have any higher incidence than others? I don't know. I would say no. Any of my colleagues, so maybe I'll just ask few of my colleagues here and uh, 
you can please be brief and tell me whether uh, you have seen any of such or not. Uh, I'll just go down the list. Uh, Praneet, myocarditis, long-term myocarditis with COVID, yes or no, in your practice? So, long-term uh, COVID myocarditis, uh, I did not uh, see many. And uh, regarding question on vaccine and myocarditis, you really don't know uh, whether that vaccine really produced. There were few cases which I have seen in my OPD where patient uh, had breathlessness or some symptoms after taking vaccine found to have LV dysfunction. Now, we really don't know whether that was an incidentally detected uh, LV dysfunction or it was post-vaccination. You really can't establish the association, but few of those patients definitely are uh, still having LV dysfunction and I'm, I'm managing them as uh, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. But you cannot establish that. So, and COVID uh, disease per se, uh, many of the patients, I uh, do not see them having uh, a persisting LV dysfunction. Uh, Srinivas Raju, sir, have you seen uh, long-term uh, myocardial dysfunction in COVID patients? Residual myocarditis? I haven't seen any in my uh, last two years, Dottano, but Probably after vaccine, if a patient develops myocarditis, the troponins would be elevated and we can say that probably it is uh, because of the vaccination. But otherwise, on long-term follow-up, I haven't seen any myocarditis. Dr. Gopi Krishna, have you seen uh, long-term myocarditis or myocardial dysfunction in your COVID patients outside of coronary disease and whatnot? No, sir. I don't find like any significant difference after COVID. Uh, Dr. Saket, could you please share your experience about myocardial dysfunction and COVID? Dr. Saket, I don't know if you could hear me or not. Hello. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I have not seen any uh, cases of COVID, I mean, myocarditis post-COVID or COVID vaccine. I mean, uh, there have been some instances where I've seen... Uh, a uh, patient getting a vaccine or so, and then uh, within 15 days or maybe a month, or maybe within uh, 15 days, there is there was some thrombotic event. I mean, uh, DVT or like MI, I don't know, I cannot relate it with vaccine. It could be uh, just a circumstantial thing, but I've never seen any myocarditis. Uh, right, so thrombotic event we have also seen, and again, as what you mentioned and Praneet mentioned, it's very difficult to establish uh, causal relationship, but certainly we have seen some of those episodes, some of those yeah. uh, as well. Especially after COVID shield, I mean, uh, yeah. that's what uh, I've been uh, seeing last week. Definitely, definitely. Yes, yes. Dr. Santosh, your experience about uh, COVID or vaccine and leading to long-term myocardial dysfunction? Sir, a uh, couple of patients uh, who came with uh, uh, LV dysfunction, new onset, uh, troponins are high and NGOs were normal. So we thought uh, they are myocarditis, but uh, uh, one patient, uh, history of vaccine was around uh, two months ago, and uh, one patient had a history of uh, first dose of vaccine uh, one month ago. So we're not sure whether, uh, whether it's vaccine-induced or uh, uh, just a virus induced other virus apart from the uh, COVID, sir. So, and I don't know the long term follow up of this patient. Uh, I have not followed them up, sir. 
So definitely a little bit of unknown is there. The story of myocarditis was originally started with the mRNA uh, vaccines, particularly uh, the Moderna and the Pfizer. And definitely the story of myocarditis was associated with COVID infection by itself. Uh, we know that in about 30, 40% of the COVID patients who are admitted, they can have mild degree of myocarditis and a couple of percent of them, they can have severe, severe myocarditis. But uh, so far, I can't remember any patient who survived the index admission and uh, had a long-term myocardial sequelae. I, I can't recollect any, but I'm pretty sure that there could be a few patients. Any virus can cause a long-term myocardial dysfunction, no doubts about it. Uh, Samarajwa, sir, if may have you uh, share your thoughts about uh, COVID booster dosing and uh, how do you see it playing in the future? And what would be your stand on this particular topic? Thank you, Anup. <clears throat> it was a nice uh, getting back to Huddle, and uh, we missed the last two, three weeks. And having said that, I, <clears throat> first thing I must uh, tell you, I had taken a booster a few many months ago. And uh, though uh, whether it was helpful or not, I can only say that both my driver and my secretary had COVID, but I didn't have it. Then uh, it was uh, coaxin, three doses, third dose also. Now, having said that, a lot of us are asking for proof, proof, proof. Uh, we know that uh, the practice of medicine is based upon uncertainty and uh, don't expect to have definitive answers either today, tomorrow, or even day after. When you talk about evidence for <coughs> booster dose, the evidence is available outside the country, in other countries, and then medicine has no borders. And <clears throat> going on quoting government, going on quoting ICMR, going on quoting somebody else has no meaning in the practice of medicine. Whether you have access to it, or if it's possible, you must do it. And same thing applies to other things we are talking about, about uh, not only vaccine, but also overall treatment of COVID and uh, dealing with <coughs> disorders like this and uh, uh, difficult situations like this. Don't ask for evidence. Absence of proof is not proof of absence. You are a clinician. You are, you are doing a lot of things which are no proof daily, even in the practice of cardiology, the procedures we do and the interventions we do. And uh, uh, evidence comes slowly, but you go by what you believe it works for patients and then that some degree of uncertainty and faith. And same thing applies to even the present situation of COVID. Thank you. Sir, are you recommending booster for your patients? I know you have taken, but have you? are you recommending it to your patients? Yes, I do recommend. Okay. And uh, uh, overall, uh, uh, in the initial uh, part of the meeting, you said uh, the <coughs> which vaccine is better and uh, which is less. We don't know it. And... Uh, uh, we found uh, overall <clears throat> the side effects were more with Covishield than Covaxin. And then uh, I have taken Covaxin. Right. I think, sir, it is a very strong statement to say that uh, if two of your close aides uh, got COVID and you didn't, uh, you, by all means, were exposed to uh, uh, your AIDS and still uh, you um, fortunately got out of it. 
that 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 gives a good anecdote for us to work our way through and say that most likely this passes a common sense test and it should be adopted uh, by all of us i can understand the authorities hesitancy in doing it because they may be still pushing towards more primary uh, immunization of the population rather than uh, shifting their manpower to uh, booster dosing. I can certainly understand that. You don't want to leave your 30, 40% population unvaccinated and drive all your energy to those people who have already vaccinated to give them booster. That's certainly not how pandemics are controlled. So I certainly understand the authorities hesitancy in that. But we as a clinician, whether we should go over and above and start recommending booster to our patients, that's a big conundrum that uh, we need to justify to ourselves. And definitely uh, we can take you from uh, other, other people's practice, particularly person like you, uh, who would be a good role model for people to follow. Uh, I hope that after today's discussion, we have at least a little bit better idea of where we stand in terms of booster dosing. And uh, further discussion, we can carry on on our um, uh, weekly huddle WhatsApp group. Uh, anybody has got any other comments? Dr. Shankar, you are unmuted. You have something to add? <laughs> uh, one more uh, practice changing uh, update is the three-dose series uh, in the uh, primary vaccine group. Uh, instead of two doses, we are, the third dose is also suggested in uh, immunocompromised patients like uh, cancer patients, hematological malignancies, organ transplants. Uh, patients on immunosuppressive therapy, stem cell transplant. So these uh, patients on even corticosteroid, mycophenolate, even chemotherapy, and all these uh, immunocompromised individuals, instead of two doses, uh, the third dose is also recommended, not booster. It is a third dose with a gap of uh, 28 days. This is already, uh, it has come in the guidelines, uh, not in uh, uh, India, but uh, uh, in UK and USA. Uh, already uh, the third dose has been uh, accepted there uh, is already already recommended and one more thing is when we are discussing about myocarditis or thrombosis after immunization uh, this is a recent article the 26th november uh, journal of cardiology and cardiovascular research uh, this uh, caused by uh, elevated blood viscosity and this may be prevented by optimal oral hydration uh, before uh, vaccination. So our hypotonic, hypotonic uh, solutions uh, we should recommend when to avoid this uh, myocarditis or the thrombosis. Uh, this uh, quoted in this paper. And uh, lastly, if time permits, uh, one uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter uh, Devasena is a microbiologist from Madras Medical College. This has been viral. Uh, so most of the uh, microbiologists and epidemiologists, they are very much optimistic now because of this Omicron or the zero micron variant. Uh, it is a combination of alpha, beta, gamma, delta variants of corona mutated. And uh, Omicron is a blessing in disguise variant that causes mild infections like uh, common cold with the rapid spread and is an indicator uh, for the end of the pandemic. Uh, so uh, it could replace our dangerous uh, uh, Delta variant 
and a pandemic ends after a series of mutations causing herd immunity and weakens the virus severity we have reached that change a time will tell and too early to comment uh, on this uh, who, who will win will let us see whether corona or human race uh, hope corona harega hum jeetega thank you one and all thank you so much sir i think the vaccine the third dosing that you are mentioning that is very relevant what you are mentioning is the primary dosing schedule not the booster schedule and that point is absolutely well taken that has been recommended in immunocompromised patients because the understanding is that they don't mount as good of a immune response as a immunocompetent person so that point is absolutely well taken i would recommend to the attendees a book i believe the title of that book is uh, how pandemic ends or something like that uh, the book is available on amazon it's an excellent book about uh, uh, the overall pandemics and the author there he um, what he does is he gives you a certain pattern of the various pandemics that has happened in the last 100 150 years and tries to deduce some common features into that so what you said is also a part of it that after four or five uh, waves there is enough mutation in those viruses that uh, the virus itself kind of kills and is and uh, a weak virus replaces a much stronger virus essentially leading into a low level endemicity as compared to pan, uh, pandemic situation absolutely well thought out uh, idea uh, saket you had something to add uh, your hand was up uh no yes sir um considering i mean uh, whether should we take a booster finally i mean uh, i'm kind of uh, thinking i should take a take a booster i mean even before the guidelines come out i was just thinking one final thing whether covaxin or covichi <laughs> after all this discussion like uh, what would be the final uh, thing like considering there is not much data i mean still like uh, said all it still uh, uh what we believe in it so so saket one of the ideas of hurdle discussion is not to give our impressions but to tell you what we are doing in our practice so that our attendees can take that information and form their own judgment uh because for established therapies there are already guidelines there are already things there are already algorithms for which we don't need to sit and discuss about uh that is there you can just google and find out the idea of of hurdle discussion was to learn each other's practice and then form your own opinion of what you think you would handle so i don't think at this point of time we have enough information or enough guidance where we can recommend you as a summary statement to say that whether we should do or we should not do but what i'm hearing from my attendees is that a lot of us are in favor of giving booster or at least taking booster for ourselves uh the data may not be there and data may not even come in the future uh it's going to be a personal decision it is going to be a little bit anecdotal decision a little bit based upon faith as what dr somarajus sir said which may not necessarily be the wrong thing lot of things we do are out of faith rather than out of data and it's okay so i don't think that uh, we would be in a position to recommend it strongly or recommending against it uh, but we are just sharing what we are thinking on this aspect 
But at the end of the day, I request the attendees, and this has been the theme of Huddle since we started, that we make our own decisions. Dr. Gopi. Yes. Yeah, sir, actually, I want to say one thing. See, uh, what the first doctor, I think Dr. Pawan Kumar Reddy, what he said is absolutely right, actually. See, why we don't take the booster doses for some stable stability in our, uh, infections uh, for whom the genome is stability or antigenic structure is very stable. We know that we are not going to get infection because already we had enough antigenic response or NFT cell memory against that fixed uh, epitome of uh, uh, antigenic determinant structure, whatever infected in the past. But uh, the thing after uh, uh, the uh, origin of this uh, variant, high variant, um, we spread the message like uh, if you take a booster doses, we can escape or we can uh, avoid the infections. If we as a expert, if we say more into that matter, it may mislead because most of the people still not vaccinated and uh, the new... Uh, uh, thing is that most of the people who already had a vaccine, they are in a want of vaccines and they'll go behind the, they're requesting a government or other it is to give more vaccines to them who are already vaccinated. So it leads to chaos, I think, rather than uh, giving more protection. Because uh, if you follow these things, uh, most of the people still remain as unvaccinated and uh, those who got vaccinated, they're uh, going behind without any uh, proper evidence about these things. What uh, What is your opinion regarding this? Uh, Dr. Dr. Sir. Yes, sir. I just wanted to uh, just add something. Sir. Uh, we are waiting for evidence, evidence, evidence. And uh, I just wanted to read out uh, <coughs> Wolfgang Goethe, the German philosopher and poet. You know what he said? He said, what is general? It is individual case. And what is specific? It is millions of cases. So we have to learn from both. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, Dr. Goprikrishna, I totally concur your thought. And you know, truly speaking, this is a this is a very this is a very tricky situation for us. And uh, uh, you know, at a population level, we are going to have a different thought process. At a regional level or a personal level, we certainly are going to have a different thought process. That is how, unfortunately, most of the guidelines also worked. Uh, take it antibiotic use, take it uh, how to manage diarrhea, take it how to manage viral infection. You saw it in the first wave COVID where people were using medications left and right, where governments kept endorsing, saying that they don't work because at a population level, it may not have worked, but at an individual level, we make decisions thinking that, or wishful thinking, I should say, that, that it may work. So I can understand that uh, uh, a widespread uh, recommendation for booster may backfire, uh, but at a personal level, I think that uh, we as a healthcare worker need to, have, need to have a little bit of stand in terms of what we believe, believe in. Of course, if data is there, then that increases our confidence, which unfortunately won't be here. Uh, we are eight or 10, so we are gonna start closing this. Praneet, your closing comments on today's uh, discussion, kind of unusual discussion. Yeah, no, I think uh, definitely a very valid discussion that we had and very pertinent to the current uh, situation that we are in. 
and uh, this discussion definitely brought up uh, a few points about uh, uh, understanding about uh, uh, the booster doses about what we have the strains that we have and how effective they are and uh, the current uh, new variants that we are uh, encountering and uh, definitely an individual choice and hopefully there will be a few more um, evidence or data to kind of boost your confidence in making your decision um, both for or against it and uh, i think definitely an individual uh, decision uh, will be something uh, that everybody has to agree to thank you pranit thank you all of you for attending today's session i have shared a few links uh, on the whatsapp group if you are not a part of it i recommend you to join there we can have offline discussion regarding this topic and also the future topic coming by i thank all of you for sparing your time in this discussion and we are on our race to uh, complete our 100 uh, sessions on the weekly huddle uh, if you have any topics or any suggestions for us please shoot an email to me or share it on the on the group and we will try to incorporate as much as possible thank you all for your uh, interesting uh, and informative feedback and opinion about today's topic good night we'll see you next wednesday thank you all